Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. This is a special Stanley Cup Final Preview Edition. A little shorter than most episodes, but we've got a lot to talk about. Blues versus Bruins. I previewed this with Joe Crisali. We're going to have him on the show to discuss it. This was before Game 1 where the Bruins came back to win 4-2, scoring four unanswered goals from the second period on. We previewed the series, talk about how both the Blues and Bruins got there. And we talk about who we think is actually going to win. I know game one is done, but we still have some predictions that I think will hold up. If you listen closely, we kind of told you how the Bruins were going to be able to do it in the event that they did win game one, which they did. The Blues can bounce back, but Joker Sally now is going to talk about that with me. The Stanley Cup Final on the Money Mitch Effect. Hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. Let's start the show. All right, we've reached, we've reached the apex, the climax of the NHL playoffs. It is Blues Bruins in the Stanley Cup Final. Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect to talk about that. Joe, two teams left. Always kind of bittersweet when we don't get a game every night now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But, I mean, that's what comes with it. I mean, Bruins fans, they haven't watched a game in a week anyway. It's so sad that we're on the verge of uh, another Boston sports title. Like, could be three in a year. Like, that's insane to me. I'm just wondering when it will end. Will it end? I don't, I mean, I just feel like it's not going to end. <laughs> you know, it just keeps going and going. We're like, all right, these guys are getting older. Talking about the Patriots. Like, all right, these guys are getting older, so maybe they'll die down. Nope, last year they win. Probably the worst Super Bowl I've seen in my entire life. Uh, Celtics, they look like they're on their way out, so we don't have to worry about the NBA for a little while. NHL, Bruins, they're in it now, but I don't know. Baseball, Red Sox won last year. I don't know how they're going to do. They're not looking too good this year, which is fantastic, but who knows? They'll probably turn it around. It's the Red Sox. Um, as far as the Blues go, you got to give it up to, to those fans and to that uh, organization for getting that team into the final. They were, what were they, in January, they were in last place in their division, something crazy like that, right? Yeah, dead last. And then they jumped up and down. Dead last in their division. No, dead last in the league. Dead last in the entire mm-hmm. league in January, which is insane. And then they're in the cup final. They went on some kind of run. If they can pull this off, that would be, to me, probably the pinnacle of what you could do well, yeah. in the NHL. And they're just a mentally tough team. I think they proved that, Joe, by throughout the playoffs, really. Let's look at the Winnipeg series. They're up 2-0. They went 2 on the road, and they lose two games at home to, to basically blow home blow home ice advantage. They rally. They win the next two and win the series. Dallas, they're down 3-2. Have to go to Dallas on the road in game six. Sorry to bring up bad memories. But they go to Dallas. They win game six, and they win a double overtime game in game seven. And then in this series against the Sharks, they get absolutely screwed on one of the worst misses of a hand pass I've ever seen on the game-winning goal to go down 2-1. They just win the next three games of the series. So it's clear to me that while the talent is solid, they're they're deep, their depth like rivals almost only the Bruins in the NHL. Their goalie play is amazing. This is just a mentally tough team. They have bad breaks it, against it, them, and they just keep battling. Is it fate? Does it feel like fate for them? You think? If 
fate's a funny thing. I mean, it feels a little like fate, but the Boston Bruins are a damn good team, and they've been the best team next. They've basically been the second best team in the NHL all season behind Tampa, who got just taken out. Got to get my Blue Jackets in there again. But Boston's a really good team, <laughs> the best team the Blues have played. So fate's one thing, but you got to go best of seven now with the Boston Bruins. The Bruins, who, and I do want to pay tribute to the Hurricanes and the Sharks. We're not going to get the series that the NHL ratings and TV people were just dreading like crazy, a, a Carolina-San Jose Stanley Cup final. <laughs> Carolina, yeah. Carolina, a great run, think, but, I mean, come on. I don't think that um, this is the best team that they've faced. I think this is the best team Boston has had to face. Sorry to your... No, that's <laughs> fair, but I would I would say it's the both but, team. Each, each, I think it's the best team both have faced. Yes, 100%. I, don't know, I think San Jose maybe a little bit better, but like you said, though, St. Louis closing out. I mean, they didn't necessarily close out the games on the road, but they won series on the road, not in the clinching game, but winning game five on the road against San Jose, that was automatic. They were going to come home and win that game. There was no way they were losing game six at home to San Jose. And then, like you said, going on the road and beating the Stars in game six and then coming home in game seven and winning there. That was huge, huge for them. Not only just, obviously, to win the series, but as a confidence builder for what's to come. I think they're like 8-2 and two on the road this postseason. Which it's, is unreal. If you crazy. can win games like that on the road, it's going to be hard to hard to beat you. But, I mean, the Bruins, like, you know, I don't think they, they, they haven't really had a test in this playoff. Yet. I would disagree with that. I mean, I'm disagreing with that right now, and I'll tell you why. They had to go on game in first round against Toronto. They did the same thing the Blues did. They had to win a road game six to stay alive, and they did that. That's a test against Toronto first round. A team that might have been the best team they've played so far. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, yeah, me better than Columbus in the regular season. Rivalry. They win game six, then they win a game seven. Then they're down 2-1 against the Blue Jackets in a rowdy place to play, and they win the next three games. So I think they're tested as well. I think we got a bad taste in our mouth because Carolina just didn't show up for the conference final. I mean, they should, I wish they didn't show up for the entire playoffs. So to be honest with you, I didn't watch a minute of that series. Boston-Carolina? <laughs> it was. Yeah, we could have got Washington-Boston. We could have got so many more fun outcomes. You know, I would have even taken the Islanders, and I can't stand them either. But they would have been a better story to watch to play Boston. Like, holy crap, Tross is back in and on a new team first year. And not really that much talent. Don't have a 30-goal scorer yeah. in the finals, in the conference finals, and that didn't happen. I would have been... I mean, great! It was a great uh, it was a great run for Carolina getting as far as they did, um, but they didn't have the goal scoring. And Tuca played amazing. This is what it comes down to for me for Boston. If he plays this good, leading I think all goalies in pretty much every major category right now in the playoff in the playoffs, a nine four two save percentage, they're winning the cup. Like they will win the cup if Tuca plays amazing. Yeah, I mean that's. Before the playoffs started, that's what you and me talked about with Boston was everything for them was riding on how Tuka Rask was going to show up because he wasn't himself for most of the regular season. But they needed him to go on this kind of run in the playoffs. But if you look at it on the flip side with the Blues, they're the same with, with Bennington. But I think they're a more solid team as far as the way that they play co- cohesively through the playoffs. Yeah, I would. I don't know. It's a fair. This is I'm a fascinating. Yeah, this is a fascinating series. I would argue that the Bruins have more 
offensive pop. Can score can hurt you in a number of different ways. The Blues are a better team, team oriented defensively. But if Rat and and I think you know the whole year up until the playoffs when Bennington's been there, the Blues were the team you, that had more of a reliability on goaltending. This is just bonus for for the Bruins that Rask is is playing this well. Um, I do I do want to say though as well for the Blues they win that series against the Sharks. San Jose might be better than Toronto or and was in the playoffs or was in the regular season. Might be the best team. I don't know. But they were banged up. I mean, it came out that Thornton had a pulled oh, groin. Yeah. I think Carlson probably had something similar, if not worse. Hurdle didn't even travel for game six. The Sharks at full strength, yes, but they were not full strength for most of that series. Yeah, and obviously that played a huge role in the way that that series ended up for them. It did. It really did. And, uh, you know, props again to Logan Couture. What a stud he was with 14 goals in the playoffs. Just phenomenal. He carried that team there. on back while everyone else was just struggling and he, not even playing at 100%. Weird series, weird playoffs for Jones, right? Just totally weird. Started off sucking, played really good, and then so, sucked so at the up end. And down. <laughs> just. He was so up and down. But that's, that is just an epitome of the way this season looked for him. I, you got to think San Jose might be looking at goaltenders this offseason. You got to bring somebody because in to at least challenge him. He hasn't. He has always been the wrench for them. He, he's he's really, really good when he's really good, and he's really, really bad when he's really bad, and he's inconsistent with either of those. So it's kind of hard to to pick and choose, like, which Martin Jones you're going to get on a given night. Like, he could go out there and let in five goals in the first period, which, you know, he, he almost <laughs> yeah. did, but... But he can you but, know, make 50 saves on the road in Vegas and, and save your season. He could have, yeah. And that's, that's what, I mean, that's what comes with him. In San Jose, you got to think if they're, if they were 100% healthy, do you think that they come out winning that series against St. Louis? I don't know because you also don't know what kind of Martin Jones you're going to get. Yeah. Joe Thornton, it could have been his last game. I actually didn't think he looked that bad in the St. Louis series, even on, you know, an injured, with an injured groin. His decision's going to be tough, whether he keeps playing or not. Joe, the Sharks, this is this is a, a very interesting offseason for them. Could they be back in this position? Sure. But they could also be on the verge of, I don't want to say missing the playoffs, but being a low-level Western Conference playoff team next year. Carlson might not re-sign. You have the Thornton issue. Pavelski's 35, a pending free agent as well. A lot of free agents on this team. Yeah, no, that's true. I want to go back to the Sharks uh, choking. I saw, <laughs> I saw a picture the other day where, you know how their logo has the, the shark eating the stick in, in, and yeah. it comes out like both sides of the mouth? It was like zoomed in on the middle of the mouth with like a blur and it showed like a piece of stick and it was like inside the shark's mouth and it was like, oh, here's the piece of stick that the sharks keep choking on. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Thornton could have been his last game. That's a storyline that kind of got washed out, which kind of sucked. It would have been nice to see him play against Boston, you know, a team that he was on before, and play against them in in the Stanley Cup final for his last hurrah. But, you know, maybe he comes back and he signs on a team that has a has a better shot at winning. Maybe he goes back to Boston, you know? Wow, that'd be something. But I, I think he did say it's either retirement or playing with the Sharks. Um, 
Pavelski, I mean, he still produces, but he's gonna, he's going to be 35. I don't know what you pay a guy like that. And I, I think the Sharks have done themselves favors. The reason why it has never been a full rebuild like teams like Vancouver or your Rangers is because they got guys in there like Hurdle, like Timo Meyer, like LeBanc, who can really play and add youth to the team. Logan Gantor was another one way back when. But, yeah, they're going to have to make some decisions. The Carlson thing, too, is looming large because that guy – is going to be a interesting decision for a lot of parties, including Carlson. He may not want to stay. You think they missed their window? See, that's the thing. I don't know because they've actually added some young talent. You saw LeBanc looked like a stud. Meyer was amazing. Yeah, he was good. And Couture yeah. is is in his prime. So I don't want to say they missed their window, but they might need to retool a little bit. And, and if those guys leave, if Thornton retires, if Carlson's gone, Pavelski's gone, they still have a nucleus that they can build talent around, but it won't be easy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Well, Joker's out here, Money Mitch Effect. I, I want to talk about the Blues a little more before we get into a little preview action because all props to them. We mentioned it, first Stanley Cup final in 49 years. 49 years ago, Joe, they made a three-year-in-a-row run to the Stanley Cup Final where they got swept every time because the NHL decided when they expanded to put all the expansion teams in one division and all the original six teams in the other division. And what do you think happened? The original six just murdered them every single year. Smart. It's kind of like what the NBA Finals are like now, isn't it? But, I mean, I digress. Yeah, you pretty much (laughs) just put your Warriors bet in before the season starts and you're good to go. Uh, yeah, well, the Blues haven't been here in a long time. They did it for their fans, and they and they did it playing a certain style. We mentioned how Bennington's been great. But offensively, they're getting a lot out of just about every line now. wasn't so long ago in the playoffs where we were like, hey, when when's Jaden Schwartz going to wake up? Tarasenko needs to score more goals. It'd be nice to see if, Riley, oh, if Ryan O'Reilly had some help. You get guys like Barbashev playing well. Uh, Steen's on the fourth line now. He's tearing it up, too. Sunquist has been great. This this is an offense that might not have the big names that even Blues teams in the past had, Joe, but they can score in any in a variety of ways. No, yeah, I totally agree with you. They're getting production not only out of their top guys like Tarasenko, but you look at guys like Bozak, Barbashev, who has an awesome name. I love it. And in the last game, Pareko, you know. How about Rob Thomas? Production. Rob Thomas, yeah, all over the place. And guys like old guys like David Perron are going in there scoring goals for them too. But I mean, if, when you're getting scoring from all angles like that, and you've got a goaltender like Bennington who doesn't seem phased by the spotlight or by the pressure of you know what he's facing, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, you're right. And it wasn't just so everyone out there knows it's not that Rob Thomas. This is another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be fun. That'd be a, now that would be a story, but defensively they they can come at you Petrangelo has been a uh, kind of an under the radar underrated pillar defenseman for his team just plays 25 30 minutes a night if needed Pareko we, we've talked about Bomeister still gives you quality minutes and, and I think look this game might this series might come down to whose depth on the blue line breaks down because both teams have some have some size have some depth but Maybe there is some uh, vulnerability there for the Blues, but they're getting out of it with uh, they're getting the most out of their players. Bennington's a confident guy; you could tell that the moments are never too big for him. So we'll see. I look at the other side, though, Joe. The highest plus minus right now in the playoffs. You know who that is? No, he's on the Bruins plus eleven. 
Zdeno Chara. Hmm. So. Throwback. Throwback indeed. Let's talk about this series because I can't wait for it. I think hockey-wise, this is going to be a very brutal, very physical series. A, a lot of strengths meeting strengths in this one. And if you want a storyline, how about this? Blues captain for, I think, six years, David Backus. Never won a cup. Trying to win his first cup against the franchise. Trying to win their first cup. Sounds about right. <laughs> That's usually how that goes, right? Yeah, somebody has to do it. Backus was a legend in St. Louis for a lot of years, he played that style where he just fought everybody and did whatever it took. He's going to be, you know, a, a focal point of this series in terms of the emotional heartstrings. But offensively for the Bruins against the Blues, something else happened for the Bruins the latter half of the playoffs. It was Marchant and Pasternak especially waking up. Pasternak has the ability, I think, to completely change the series. I feel like you know what you're going to get out of Marchant and Bergeron especially but if Pasternak plays like he did in the regular season, he plays like he did against the Hurricanes and, and the end against the Blue Jackets, he's a difference maker. He's somebody that will have a lot to say for the Bruins winning this championship, if indeed they do. No, I totally agree there. Pasternak, one of the premier goal scorers now in the NHL. Um, but I want to go back to Backus. I'm just curious. I'm curious how Blues fans view him now, you know? I mean, he was there for pretty much his, I mean, I want to say his entire career, but he's been in Boston for the last three years. But he was one of their focal point players for a really long time. And you got to wonder if he's going to be the difference maker for the Bruins when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. I think they love him. I think it's pretty obvious. He gave a lot to that team. He, he was a blue-collar player. And when he left, it was a situation where, I don't want to say they were kind of forcing him out the door, but Boston gave him an offer that St. Louis wasn't going to come anywhere close to offering. So there was a mutual, like, okay, it's time. St. Louis was retooling. A lot of familiar faces were, were moving on from, obviously, Oshie left around that time as well. So I think they love him, but obviously they're going to root against him in this series. I, I, I think, though, you're right. He might be a key component in this in the sense that the Bruins will get scoring from any line. The biggest thing for the Blues that they can't do this series is have any line, one through four, just have an off game. I mean, the Bruins are comfortable winning games with their fourth line with Curley, Krejci out there. Like, they do not care who produces. No, yeah, absolutely. But like you said before, Boston, they have those premier goal scorer guys. They have those top-notch guys where at, like Pasternak and Marshawn, whereas I know... St. Louis has Tarasenko, but, I mean, Ryan, o Ryan O'Reilly's had a great year, too. But beyond those guys, Jane they Schwartz, don't really that's have the guy that has to step up. Schwartz. He, well, Schwartz has had a great playoffs. I believe he has 12, yeah. 12, or 12 goals or so. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't score. And, and I don't think he scored until, like, the end of Game 5 in uh, Winnipeg and then went on a heater. So, yeah, he's he's been good. He's got to keep it going. They just need – I guess they need him to – to stay at that level, but they've been playing really well as a team, and I mean, so have the Bruins. But like we said before, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you that the Bruins have been tested as much as the Blues have been tested. The Blues have been in much more, well, yeah, um, like I, nail biting, you know, excruciating type games, whereas the Bruins they haven't really faced that. <laughs> and even though you said that they may have faced that against the Maple Leafs, that was way back in the first round, mm -hmm. which I honestly it was months ago. <laughs> 
Right. Well, this is going to be great for the rest versus rust debate, right? I mean, the Blues have had three grueling series, six, seven, and six. A lot of overtimes, a lot of physicality, some injuries we know for sure. <clears throat> the Bruins, yeah, they got this four-game sweep so they can kind of recoup and rest. So maybe <laughs> we'll see if it rest versus rust debate comes back. I also think that for the Blues, they got to get traffic in front of Tuca. He's, he's, he's locked in right now. you got to make his life difficult. Guys like Pat Maroon need to be a force in front as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. But how many and how many times have we seen the favorite go down? Right now, Boston's favorite to win this series, not by a landslide, but they're still a favorite. But throughout this entire playoffs, we've seen pretty much almost almost every uh, top seed go down, other than obviously these two in their respected games. But Dallas beating Nashville, St. Louis beating Winnipeg, Colorado beating Calgary, Islanders beating. Uh, Pittsburgh. The Penguins. Pittsburgh. Carolina beating Washington. Your Blue Jackets beating Tampa Bay. And then Mm. there and so on and so forth. Carolina wins the next series. You know, it just keeps going and going and going. You got to think that that, I mean, that could play a role in this too. I mean, I know that's just kind of statistical speak or just looking out into the future, but I don't know. It could. It very well could. I also think that you look at both these teams, their power play struggled a lot something else to consider that they're playing better now really up until the conference final both teams were trying to figure out how to improve their power play and it finally did uh so that's something i think to to monitor as well i I like the bruins depth defensively we talked about char i know he's he's as old as tom brady so he's not moving like he used to with (laughs) mcavoy with krug with some other defensemen that they have they can throw a lot of bodies at st louis as well this will be a war of attrition. This will be very physical. And I think I think St. Louis has to have one of the first two games. They cannot go down 0-2 to Boston. They're done if that happens. Yeah, but like we said earlier, like we said earlier in the show, they, they've been able to win on the road. They've been able I mean. to win yeah, big no, games on the road. They have. I just, they can't, like, they can't, they can't let Boston, I mean, if Boston wins, okay, if Boston wins two at home, because right now they're on, what, a seven-game win streak in the playoffs. Won the last seven games. Got They got a snap well, before. Well, thanks, yeah. thanks to the Hurricanes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Hurricanes were nice nice to keep that streak going. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, how do you see this going? How are we going to – let's make some uh, predictions. You know, you can take your time with it and be lengthy, but Bruins-Blues rematch of 1970 where – Bobby Orr flew through the air in the most iconic hockey photo of all time. It's a great photo. Well, if I'm going to pick here, I'm going to start by saying I'm not mad at this series. <laughs> there's only There's not really one. any ex-Rangers that can hurt you. There's, there's two, no, but they there's, don't really play. There's only, two, there's only two former Rangers in this series. One was a pop honestly one was a really popular jersey around MSG at the time when he was young and on the Rangers in Michael Delzado on the Blues, but he doesn't get very much run. And on the Bruins we got John Moore, who played I think two years for the Rangers and nobody really cared about him because he was like a sub D man. So it's just gonna be less hatred for whoever hoists the cup as long as it's not the Bruins because that's another Boston team that I don't want to see win but I'm less mad about it because 
why I'd be mad about it. So I'm thinking, I don't know, like you said, if, if the Bruins go up 2-0, I think the series is over. I don't know. I just like, what do you, I mean, the Blues, mm, there's just so many different ways going back and forth in my head where I'm just thinking, you know, the Blues have made it to this point. They're the, the destiny team. It feels like the destiny team. They haven't been there in 49 years. The Bruins, who cares? I mean, Boston, they win every other year, every other whatever. But I just there's so much pulling in each way where you kind of want to see, you know. But I don't know. What are you thinking? Well, I would say that there's motivation on each side, even the Bruins, because, yes, Boston sports have won a lot recently. The Bruins only have one cup in the last, I think, 50 years or whatever it is. 2011, they lost in 13. They lost, they lost a chance to win two in three years. Not as many guys still left on the 11 team. Marchant was a rookie back then. And Tukarask wasn't the goalie back then. It was Tim Thomas. So he's looking, Tim to, Thomas. So he's looking to get his first cup. And Boston is looking to become a, a, a team of, of history. They want to be a team of the ages in Boston, and the only way to do that is to win a championship. So all that they've done, all this success, rides on this series. The Blues are just trying to make history and give their fans their first championship. It'd be an emotional scene, St. Louis getting their first cup uh, with, with the Blues, with their history being one of the best hockey markets around, with a lot of legends that played and still live in the city that haven't won a championship. I do think this series is going to be a lot more low-scoring than... Then high scoring, I think both goalies are locked in. And I'm going to say right now that this is a seven-game series. Before you, give, before, you give, before you give your uh, prediction, so I don't know if you went over this before, but Boston versus St. Louis, there's only two cities to meet for a title in the NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Now, Boston has St. Louis's number in that regard. Red Sox beat the Cardinals 2013. Patriots have beaten the Rams twice in the Super Bowl. And the only St. Louis win coming in 1958, the St. Louis Hawks beat the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. So, Bob did St. Louis do? Or... I think he was. Bob Pettit, <laughs> Bob Pettit was on that team, I think. Or So, is St. Louis due, or does Boston just have their number? I'm picking the Blues. I'm not going to be on the wrong side of history on this. I have too many friends, and I don't like Boston. I hate Boston as well. I think the Bruins are the favorite, but I do think the Blues are playing like a team of destiny. I think if Biddington's locked in, they can beat anybody, and they are built for this, it would seem. It would seem that they can survive an injury. They can survive a bad bounce. They're mentally tough. I'm going to say seven. They win game seven in the Boston Garden. Blues in seven. Wow. Wow. They split. It's going to be it's going to be 1-1, 2-2. Bruins hold serve, Blues hold serve, and then the Blues win game seven. Okay. So you're going with the Blues are good on the road. I will preface my prediction by saying that this, what I'm about to say doesn't really matter towards my prediction, but my, my boss is a Blues fan. He's from St. Louis, and he was losing it. He's so happy about the Blues getting into it. When we went to Arizona for spring training, uh, we we saw a blue. The Blues were in town and they were playing the Coyotes, so we went to the game. So I'm going to be with you there. I'm going to say Blues 
in seven games, winning it in Boston, so that I can say that I saw the Stanley Cup champion team play this year. Yeah. <laughs> How selfish of me. Very selfish of you, uh, but <laughs> makes sense. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I, I want to see the, that first Blues championship. It's fun. Boston's been spoiled. And, uh, look, St. Louis will They're definitely spoiled, appreciate man. it. It's, it's enough. It's been enough. I've had enough of it. Honestly, I could care less about the Patriots winning. That doesn't bother me as much anymore. I'm kind of over it. The Red Sox. I, I blame that. I blame Maddie for that, being a Patriots fan. <laughs> but um, the rest of it, though, can go to hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I want, and I'm just sick of it. So. Shout out to uh, yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with John Ham's boys in St. Louis. Uh, who else is so a St. We're Louis siding, fan? <laughs> we're we're siding with Pam. Yeah, that's a good one. I was going to bring that up. The office rivalry, yeah. Um, I think she's an actual Blues fan. I think John, whatever his name is, is not. I think he's not a Bruins fan. I think Jim? he just went to. Pam yeah. versus Jim. Jim Helper and, and Pam uh, Beasley. Pam Beasley. We're going with Bees. Let's do it. we got to get all the celebrities out there in St. Louis. Nelly's going to be there, I think. We'll, 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 we'll do it big for sure. Uh, I guess man. what I said didn't make sense. Bees Lee. We're not going with the bees. We're going no. with bees Lee. The no, bees would mean ruins. We're going with the blues. We're still a bee. Let's do it. I'm on it. All right, Joker <laughs> Sally, this was fun. By the way, not cool taking John Davidson away. Do not like that. I like it. Hey, you just wanted to come home, man. You yeah, I yeah, I, I get it. Well, and he's good at he's good at 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 building from scratch. Now, you could argue that once the team gets on the verge of being a contender, that's when he should hand it off. But he did this with the Blues, too. Hey, there's still some Blues players that are on that team that he he discovered way back 10 years ago. So he knows what he's doing there. Uh, I think that's good. You know you like Capo. Uh, Yeah. I hope. uh, Okay, don't say it. Do not not say it. Do not say it. We're not doing this right now. I, I, <laughs> it's been like a month, and you've gone from this is stupid. Why aren't we the first pick? I want Hughes to now. God, the Devils better take Hughes. Well, so the the thing is, I I I didn't. I wasn't watching tape. I didn't know a lot of stuff. I didn't do a lot of research on these two players. But I mean, we can get into this later. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm 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 all in on Kako. I'm gonna be really happy hearing his name. Hopefully that's what happens. I really hope the Devils don't smarten up and pick him because Taco is a man and Hughes is a little boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you started out so good. Now you're just being ridiculous. They're both really good <laughs> players, generational talent. Hughes has a slight edge right now. You can make the case for either, but just chill out. You're in a I good position you, I told too. you before. I told you before. I got to, regardless of how good – either of us think Hughes is going to be. I got to teach myself to hate him because he's going to be a devil if he's picked first. So yeah. regardless of his talent level, to me, he's garbage if that's okay. where he ends up. <laughs> or they could take Capo and then you're with Hughes and he's your favorite. So oh, it'll be fun, though. It, it'll be good to see. It's a lot of drama this year at the draft. I like that. Jero Casale, this was fun. Thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect. And let's uh, let's root on the Blues for our Stanley Cup. Hell yeah. You putting it on when you go to Vegas? You got to go blues. Don't back out. I think so. I think so. I think that's going to happen. Uh, but all right, Joe, this is fun. Blast. Thanks for coming on talking hockey one last time this year. 
Yeah, man, for sure. All right, huge thanks to Joe Crisali for coming on today's show. And I want to give some quick game one thoughts for you right now. It was a flipped script early in the second period. The Blues took that 2-0 lead, but the Bruins just completely clamped down. They got the goal quick, and after that it was all about what they could do uh, in terms of getting shots on net, which the Blues could not. They were stuck in their own zone. They were tentative. No shots on goal, no ozone time. Really hard to win with that. The Blues, for them, to, for them to bounce back in Game 2, which I consider basically a must-win, I know we can have fun with the terminology of that phrase, but you, you've been so good all, all year on the road, you cannot go back home. Where you've kind of been a little shaky, given the Bruins now, I think, an eight-game playoff win streak. Bruins get this game at home, Game 2. They're, they're going to be buzzing, smelling blood in the water almost. Blues win Game 2, they got the home ice situation. It's very similar to the San Jose series where it flipped in Game 2 late. I think the Blues can do it if they play better defensively as well. Gunnarsson, kind of a rough game for him. Want to see more from Petrangelo, Bowmeister. And as I said, the Bruins' scoring depth is on every forward line. Curley gets the game-winning goal. Another Ohio kid coming up big. So probably no surprise there. But that's another opportunity for the Bruins where every time they got a forward line on the ice, they can score. They can exploit mismatches. You have to bring your A game from start to finish and then on all four lines to do just that. I still like the Blues to win this series. But I'm, but I'm a little doubt. I'm, I'm not hesitant, but I'm getting there. This is it. They have to win this game. This is push your chips to the table. And by the way, that kid who is a, uh, a gambler who bet on the Blues, 400 to win $100,000, awesome, awesome work. But for the love of God, Hedge, I think you still have an opportunity before game two. You can still root for your team. You can still win some money. My advice to him would be to Hedge. That's it for the Money Mitch Effect. If you like this show, subscribe, like us. And we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Check out twi my Twitter, MoneyMitchM21, and the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. Hope everybody out there enjoys the sports week. We got the French Open as well. Hope you listen to my preview with Ian Dunn, the Panda, last week. Yastrzemski already out, buddy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to see about that uh, booking appearance. But now Ian's great, and we'll try to see. When we can talk about the French Open more, we're going to have another French Open interview, another tennis interview at the end of the week, so make sure you listen to that. I think when we call Rachel Stolman, she'll see how she's doing about that. One last thing, happy to be 30, 30th birthday today. Just keeping it going, fourth decade of life. Let's go. Thanks to everybody out there for supporting, friends and family, everybody out there for making this show what it is. I'm Mitch Michaels. This is the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.